Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Great honor to be back in the house. And uh, I was standing there realizing that it's been my privilege to minister here through three generations of leadership. And Pastor Phil and Bob and Pastor Dave and Sally, now Pastor's Corey and Simone, and thank you for allowing me back. And uh, it's a great joy, a great privilege. And uh, I love being in God's house regardless, full stop. But there's something incredibly special about being in the house when you know there's an apostolic grace, when, there's a, when it's not just about us, it's about the world. It's about society. It's about the nations. And so I'll be leaning a little bit more into that um, in a moment. But this morning, I just want to start by sharing with you that the Lord gave me three very distinct pictures. And as I leaned into the, I'm a very picture-type person, and the Lord showed me very distinctly three pictures that I had to share with you prophetically. But as I was walking through that and jotting it down, I began to realize that that was leading me to an inescapable conclusion of what to minister from the Word. And so I want to get right into that. The three pictures the Lord gave me were these. The first one was a large ocean-going yacht, and I saw with sails and that sort of thing. But then I saw the need to add this huge, big sail and uh, added to the others. And then there was this large mast that supported that sail. And then I saw that they were fa- uh, fixing this mast to the deck. And what was particularly noticeable to me was the fact that they were using these huge, big steel plates and big, huge steel bolts to put it into the deck. It seemed like the bolts and the plates were just extravagantly too big for it all, but that's what I saw. And I was looking at it, and the Lord said uh, to me the following. He said that this immediate season is to prepare for the conquest of cities and nations. And the great mass that supported that sail was the character and integrity of those that would be leaders in the conquest of cities and nations. The sail itself is their capacity to catch the wind of the Spirit in greater measure, and yet without breaking the mast. And the massive bolts that were Bolting it into the deck were the instructions of the leadership team, the senior leadership team, um, as they bolted it in and secured this great step of faith. But the deck itself was, I could see two different kinds of timber in the deck. And one was the word of God and the other was the character of Jesus. And I felt that God was saying to you, this is a time of great intentionality for, to the, for the training of those that will be involved in the conquest of cities and nations. Uh, the second thing I saw was one of these old-fashioned um, uh, puzzles where uh, a little square thing like this, and then there was these myriads of little squares within the puzzle, and there was one square that was not there. Anybody? Okay, 
God, some of you have. Some of you are almost as old as me, right? Um, and the idea was to somehow shuffle these little squares around till eventually you got the one that was up in the far corner right across down to the far corner. But it looked impossible because you had to shift so much in order to do that. And as I was looking at that, suddenly I am seeing, oh, that looks like a task and a half. Uh, it was like suddenly someone turned on a laser beam and there marked through the puzzle was the exact steps to take. It was so incredibly clear. And I felt the Lord just whisper into my spirit and say this, in the times of quietness and listening, the times of encounter, he will illuminate the path and give the strategy. And what I then saw was as that peace reached its destination and was appointed and secure in that place of a divine appointment, it was like every other piece in the board took on a new significance. There was a new alignment. There was a new synergy. And the, the thing that really impressed me was how effortlessly, effortlessly the whole thing took place. And the Lord said, no matter how complex, no matter how demanding that would look and appear to be, because you press in for revelation, revelation will show you the path. Revelation will show you the path. And I believe that it's to do with the appointment and assignment of leadership. Okay, now, the third scene that I saw was this. I, I've seen it many times, not a new picture, but a new application. I saw a chrysalis, and I saw it starting to break open to reveal the butterfly that was within and I felt the Lord say this too about your season that is upon you, and that is that it's a season for the peeling back of the outer layers of previous restraints so that the greater potential lying within emerging ministries within this church, both in the marketplace secular world as well as within the church itself here, will be fully realized. The emphasis is on the greater potential. And so it is then that you are now going into a season of personal appraisal, personal discovery, personal encounter that will bring forth the greater grace, the greater anointing that's already lying within you as a person. And the Lord gave me the phrase, an encounter that transforms and reveals the greater call. And I want to share with you... Um, um, <laughs> Um, I, I took so long in that first bit. Can you give me an extra three or four minutes? Yeah. I, I looked. I looked before I came up. There's no trap door here. It, it's great. Um, I believe this church is on the brink of an, yet another quantum step forward. Uh, and it's to, do with the inter, it's to do with the supernatural. Uh, uh, supernatural breakthroughs. I'm talking about Jericho strongholds coming down. I'm talking about yesterday's impossibilities becoming today's realities. But what we have to understand is this. The only way you're going to get a greater breakthrough is greater encounter. And, and it is only as the uh, individual has encounter that the corporate has the breakthrough. And the more individuals that have a personal encounter, the greater the conquest of the corporate body. It has always been that way.
But the tragedy is, as I've looked at uh, over the last 52 years of ministry now, I've looked over so many situations of incredible apostolic promise only to find that a measure of the potential was realized, but not the greater potential was realized. And I asked the Lord about why is that? And the reason is obvious. Friends, because those to whom were delegated the outwork or the implementation of that vision did not possess the hunger and the passion and the desperation for encounter that the apostolic leader themselves possessed and was willing to pay the price for. And I believe that in this place, you will have that hunger. You will have that passion. And you will break the boundaries that have been placed upon previous situations. We're all called in this place this morning to be a supernatural people. That isn't their responsibility. It is our responsibility corporately together. It's a year of the Jericho breakthrough. But supernatural breakthrough is the fruit of encounter. Now, let me tell you this, my friends. The dictionary says that an encounter is, means this. Literal translation, to come upon or meet with, especially unexpectedly, or suddenly. So the, the encounter that I'm referring to, I, I, I like to think of them as the gate crashes of God. The, the times when, when God suddenly invades our world from the world of his reality, the spirit world, and he invades our reality, and suddenly, but suddenly we understand we're in the presence of God Almighty, his presence has filled the room, and we're having an encounter. Well, why is it necessary for God to gate crashes? Because, my friends, we're, we're not sloths sitting on a couch. We're, we're frontline troops for God. We're, and we know what it is to get in kingdom momentum. We're in momentum for kingdom service and kingdom purpose. And because we are people of momentum, God knows that people in momentum seldom take time to listen. So God then has to gate crash us. And there comes a sudden intervention and gate crash. But my friends, let me tell you this. An encounter with God, I'm talking about a genuine thing, will always be a life-changing intervention. If it hasn't changed your life, it's not an encounter with the Holy Ghost. It might be a directive voice of God to our hearts, commissioning, or it might be a supernatural endowment for a specific task. But either way, you know that you know that you know in your Noah. I have just encountered God Almighty, and I'll never be the same again. Friends, we're called to be men and women of revelation, but you'll never know revelation without encounter. We're called to be a supernatural people, but you'll never live a supernatural life unless you have the empowerment of counter, of encounter. And perhaps my next statement is the one that I want to move into and press into, and that is this. A time of encounter. Oh, please hear this. A time of encounter fundamentally changes who you are. And therefore, what you are capable of. Did you get that? You'll never be the same again. You won't be the same person if you've just had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. An encounter is what qualifies you to become a transformer. 
By, by that I don't mean uh, what some people say, but I'm talking about the literal transformer. I'm talking about that big ugly steel thing in a, in a, in a suburbs where, well, they used to do it that way, and, and, and the big pylons of power coming across the land, and we all go into the transformer. And then the transformer had the responsibility to dispense it. I mean, there was up to three quarters of a million volts going through those lines, and they all poured that unbelievable power into that transformer and the transformer had to dispense it throughout society to 240 volt homes you're called to be a transformer you're called to be a conduit of the power of God you're called to be someone that can actually receive the power of God and not be consumed by it as they were in days of old but actually be a container of the power of God that you might be able to dispense it to the needs of mankind and society but that comes through encounter let me tell you something else about encounter. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua receives his great commission from God and it's an incredible thing. And God says to him, go in, possess the land. Everywhere the sole your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you. You could not have got a greater life commission. You could not have got a clearer uh, empowering commission than that. And that commission empowered uh, Joshua and the people of God to move right through the river Jordan, a miracle, and to put their feet on the promised land. And if you take a look at Joshua's life, that life encounter, that life commission actually empowered him and fueled his desires for the rest of his life. And that is true. That is true. Uh, my life commission that I received as a 19-year-old has fueled me right throughout the last 52 years. It's empowering to know that God has called you and commissioned you and anointed you and empowered you. But then there came Joshua. Sorry, Jericho. Then there came Jericho. And suddenly there's Jericho right there unavoidable. You can't get around it. You can't ignore it. You can't pretend it doesn't exist because it's there. And that Jericho screamed out and said, you can have all the promises you want, but I'm here now. And I, I, I say you can't take the land. I say I can withstand the promises of God. That Jericho wasn't going anywhere. And here's my point. No matter how clear no matter how empowering Joshua's life commission was, it wasn't enough for Jericho. It wasn't enough for Jericho. Because Jericho wasn't just any city. Or his life commission was enough for the routine uh, decisions of leadership and trials and challenges of life that one goes through. Oh, it was empowering for all of that, but not for Jericho. Why? Because Jericho was a gateway moment. Jericho wasn't any city. It was a gateway to the entire nations that surrounded it. If you took Jericho, the rest of the nations would fall at their feet. But if you didn't take Jericho, all the rest of it would stay a dream for the rest of your life. And sometimes a Jericho can be many different things. It can be a mindset. It can be a desperate need to change your levels of faith. 
Maybe it's a call of God to absolute surrender. Maybe it's a lifetime of being restricted and confined to certain limitations. But I tell you what, a, a Jericho is something that unless you confront it, unless you deal with it, it's going nowhere and it will deny the promise. Jericho was a gateway moment. And we all have gateway moments in our lives. Every one of us. I want to say to you this, that when you face a Jericho, and which, which in itself is incredible because, because you don't face a Jericho unless the nations are on the other side of it. And in the spirit and the kingdom of God, I'm here to tell you that if you're going to take the cities of the world and the nations of the world, you're going to strike Jericho occasionally. In fact, for every nation, there's a Jericho. And the life commission's not enough. Joshua needed a fresh encounter for Jericho. And if you go to Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, and moving through to chapter 6, you'll find that he, one day uh, Jesus, uh, calling himself the commander of the army of the Lord of the hosts, comes and appears before Joshua. And Joshua is amazed and overcome and falls on his knees. He's having an encounter, not with an angel, but with God himself in person standing in front of him. And the result of that was that one of the greatest miracles of the Bible Jericho's walls impregnable fell down and they took the city against nobody had ever done it before. And don't be surprised when God asks you as a church to do those things which no one has ever done before. You're not called to do, oh, can I say this to you as leadership? Listen to me. You're not called to do what you can do. You're called to do what you can't do. Because the more impossible it is, the more dependent you are. And the more dependent you are, the more you unlock the encounter of God. So don't be surprised when he asks you to do what you cannot possibly do. You know, friends, that encounter transformed Joshua's life. And therefore it changed forever what he was capable of. He became a transformer to the nation. And I think about the disciples this morning. You know, the disciples have been with Jesus and they were not novices. They had been with Jesus. They knew all the teaching. And you know what? They'd perform miracles. They were not, they could perform miracles. They had signs and wonders. And they, but you know what? There came the moment when God knew that it had come to a place on the calendar where he was upping the ante, he was increasing the invitation and the commission, and that was to be conduits of his power to cities and nations. Suddenly that group of people in that room were being commissioned to go to cities and nations. And although they had been seeing the Holy Spirit heal people and stuff like that, that had already happened, but it wasn't enough. 
And that's where you get Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And it says that the Holy Spirit of God came upon them. And you know the story there. And they were empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And and God himself turned up. And they were like flames of fire on the head. And they all began to speak with other languages. And suddenly this group of, of disciples huddled together in a room uncertain of their future were transformed in a moment until where they stood, came out of that room and they began to speak in all sorts of different languages never been taught. Then they began to perform miracles and signs and wonders that blazed across the entire world. Why? How many weeks of retraining did that take? How many months did that take? It took a moment. It took one moment because all it takes is one encounter. If you have a genuine Holy Ghost encounter, it will change you forever. And because it changes you, it changes what you are capable of. You become a transformer to nations. I think of Thomas. (laughs) Thomas. Don't you love the man? No wonder he's called Doubting Thomas. He comes in late for the party. And Jesus has turned up. And when he walks in, one of the disciples says, Oh, Thomas, you don't know what you missed, man. Jesus was just here in the room with us. So what does he say? Oh, amazing. That's incredible. No. No, what he says is rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I do not believe you. So suddenly there's a chorus of voices from James and John and Peter and all the other disciples. No, no, no. Thomas, Thomas, he's telling the truth. Jesus was actually here. He was standing in the midst. And so what's his response to that? Rubbish. I don't believe a word of it. No, I don't believe you. I don't believe it's possible. No way. It's not. No, I don't believe you. Jesus would have to stand right in front of me, show me his hands, show me his feet for me to start believing. So guess what happened? Jesus. I love the fact that he didn't use the door. That's just a lovely little touch. And he just comes through the wall and materializes and stands there in front of uh, uh, Thomas. And of course, Thomas, ah, God. And he hits his knees and he realizes. And there on his knees before the master, Thomas is transformed. And Thomas, I'm talking about doubting Thomas. I'm talking about I will not believe Thomas. That Thomas gets up off his knees and he blazes the gospel across Asia and India with such apostolic authority and miraculous power that thousands are swept into the kingdom of God. So how many months of retraining did that take? It took an encounter. You say, ah, but you don't know me. I've been this way for 36 years. So it takes an encounter. Thomas had been that way from birth. I can just imagine him walking around with the disciples. It's going to be a great day today. Oh, I don't know. All sorts of things go wrong. (laughs) I believe it's going to rain. Ah, you get clouds like that all the time. I just met a lifetime. I will not believe Thomas. And one encounter, one encounter. You know, take a look at Moses. Mo- Moses is 
Moses out in the desert with sheep and dust. Not for a week, not for a month, not for a year. 40 years. That's longer than some of you have been alive. For 40 years, every single day of his life, sheep and dust, sheep and dust, dust and sheep, dust and sheep. Oh, let's get some variety. Dust, sheep, 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 dust, 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 sheep, sheep, sheep. Dust and sheep. The occasional human being, but dust and sheep. And after 40 years of that, you're completely adapted. It's his new identity 100% the whole way through. It's my life. Or oh, what's your life? My life is sheep and dust, sheep and dust, dust and sheep, sheep and dust. That's me. Then he sees a burning bush. That doesn't consume the bush. And he says, oh, listen, 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 listen. He says, I must turn aside to see this great sight. And the Bible says, quite clearly, when. Everybody say the word when. when. What's God waiting for? Oh, he's waiting for the when. The Bible says when, when God saw that Moses turned aside to see, then God spoke to him. And he has this incredible encounter with God Almighty speaking to him. And I want you to know something. That Moses, shepherd, dust and sheep, Moses turns into a Pharaoh confronting leader of a nation. Overnight. Why? Because an encounter fundamentally changes who you are and what you're capable of. You get qualified to be a transformer to nations. 22 years ago, 23 years ago, whatever it was, a doctor's told me that all my major arteries and most of my subsidiary arteries were multiply blocked. They couldn't even do surgery on me. Take what's left of your miserably short little life and sit in a corner in a rocking chair and whatever you do, don't get excited. And I went home and said, oh, God, what about all the prophecies? What about all the promises? You know, when, when you get that size of a Goliath or Jericho, you're, you're not making little patsy prayers. It's, God, help me. And I remember as I was crying out to God, suddenly his presence just filled the room. And I heard the voice of my father and he said, turn to this reference. I had no idea what it said. And I turned up the reference that he spoke to me about. And this is what I read. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And he tore the line apart. And in that instant, I knew my father had just spoken to me. And I can tell you with all sincerity that all anxiety and all fear left me in that moment. And I walked out of that room and I spoke to Margaret right here. I was going to say the pretty one, but they're all pretty. But the, 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 the most pretty one, the one I'm, yeah. And I walked out of the room and I said to Margaret, Honey, this thing cannot 
kill me. I am indestructible till my father says different. And my friends, I have almost felt like some sort of a freak from that day on because I can't seem, I've even tried on occasions to be normal, but I, I can't seem to find any anxiety. I don't seem to be able to find the sphere thing. It was like it was plucked out of my system. And I went from a, 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 a has-been with, with very short life expectancy to, to, to traveling the nations of the world and some of the most difficult patches of the world, Africa and India, etc. And why? Why? How many teams of doctors? How many months did I study the books of faith and listen to all the tapes on faith? No, no, I had one encounter. One encounter that fundamentally changed who I was. And therefore, what I was capable of. I've got to wind down towards the possibility of a probable close. I had to say it once. Toward the end of last year, I looked at 2019. I had one Invitation for the whole year that had never happened to me ever. And I said, well, I guess I am 71 and uh, I guess the Lord now is not putting me out to pasture but kind of saying the platform part of it is over and uh, just be a nice daddy to all the spiritual sons and daughters and that would be cool and that was great and uh, I was adapting to that new thought and this guy gives me a prophetic word. And it says, I'll go and tell you what it says, right? Yeah. But anyway, I rejected the word. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a prophet from within Australia here who we were meeting personally for the first time, and he comes out with words almost identical to the ones I just heard. Now God's got my attention. So I shared it with a couple of guys on my board, and they said, well, actually, we witnessed to that. That's real. And the reason why I was struggling so much was because if the prophetic word had said, just accept the season you're in and be a nice daddy, I would have, I, I would have embraced that. That was more, that's what I expected. Or if it said, look, actually God's going to give you a further lease of life and you're going to preach in a few more churches, I could have accepted that. That's not what he said. He said, no more just going to churches. Now you will only speak into apostolic leaders of global movements. And I said, what kind of marijuana are these people on? I mean, only but weeks prior to that, I'd been on my knees saying, God, is it all finished? So that led to a real desperation because I was so utterly inadequate utterly insufficient and I got before my God and I said my father my father you gotta have to speak this into here I gotta have this from you because the guy that's kneeling on this carpet can't measure up to what you're calling me to do and all I can tell you is my lovely father my gracious father he just turns up in the room and he says all true just lean back into me and let me carry you. And I'll tell you what, my friends, I've spoken to more apostolic leaders in the last few months than I have in years and years. In, 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 
Some of it in person, some of it over the phone, but in, in different nations around the globe. Few months, two or three months, three or four months ago, we spoke to 70 plus apostles representing 26,000 churches. A few weeks ago, I spoke to 20 to 30 apostles representing 570 churches and now called to coming in from all over. In a moment's time, I'm going to C3 uh, for um, the C3 movement in the United States. And then a couple of weeks after, two or three weeks after that, I'm in Hawaii with a, the fastest growing apostolic movement in Hawaii. And suddenly my friends, I'm no longer sitting under my tree saying, okay, here's retirement, but something radically has shifted. But my only point in telling you that is that if you get desperate enough, if you get hungry enough, if you get thirsty enough, my father will turn up and you will have your encounter for yourself. My friends, here's the phrase, your burning bush awaits you. And my invitation this morning is simple. Will you turn aside? Will you unconditionally surrender your agenda? Will you become unconditionally available, my Father, to whatever you say unto me, that I will do? Because if that's who you are, if that's who you are, and God has sparked a hunger or a thirst inside of you to live a life of encounter, then stand to your feet right now. Not because others are, because that's where you're at. You want to live a life of encounter. And what you're really saying is, I'll live a life of hunger. Oh, let's reach out from our hearts. Oh, reaching out. Forget everybody else around you. Father, in the name. Oh, we always stand in the name of the King. We come in the name of the King. Father, in the name of the King. In Jesus' name. Father, I take authority over every past disappointment. I take authority over every past disillusionment. Father, I take authority over every previous restraint and restriction. My God, I take authority over every condemnation and accusation. They do not have any place in the house of God. And Father, we proclaim a new hour, a new day, and a new beginning over lives right now. Father, I proclaim, oh God, in the name of Jesus, a rising wave, a rising surge of faith and hope and anticipation, my God. Raise up an army in this place, an army that was so impassioned by a love for God and a love for people so infilled by the power of the Holy Ghost that they'll become transformers to their community, to their street, to their city, to the nations of the world. Raise up your army in this place, Father. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.